You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Yo, yo. I go by the name of Pharrell from the Neptunes. And I just want to let y'all know I'm your pusher. The world is about to feel something that they never felt before. Come on. Ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard, I sell it with one whip, it's off the hard, I'm the neighborhood pusher, call me subwoofer, cause I pump bass like that jack, on the off the track, I'm heavy cuz, ball to your fathers, you can duck to the Fetty Gov, sorry my love, but I'm seeing through these eyes, Vince Convoys, what up, what up, what up, side. San Antonio, Corpus, Laredo, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people from Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, you're tuned in here to the Thursday edition of the sports grind calvin casey jay's out today sam's spinning the one and twos i'm broad we're broadcasting here for the rounders car club studios this first segment is going to be presented by double days pizza keep in mind uh go check out their newest location here to san antonio at alamo ranch they still have their leon springs location as well that is double days pizza official sponsor of the sports grind 736-9760, if you know what you want to talk about, it's open phone lines as usual. Uh, anything that uh, we're discussing on the show today uh, that you want to weigh in and give your thoughts on, feel free to do that. Anything that I'm not talking about that you want to go ahead and weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free uh, to do that as well. Just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Uh, 736-9760. So a couple things. Uh, you know, I'm Brian Soul with you today, of course, with Sam. Um, it's been the one and twos. A uh, couple announcements. If you haven't tuned in or got a chance to check the uh, show out this week, uh, we'll be off tomorrow uh, all together uh, tomorrow. Um, girl's birthday tomorrow, so uh, she's dragged me out to uh, the coast um, in the middle of a pandemic, but um, you sound real happy about yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's foot. I, I don't. I usually don't try like travel. The only time you could probably get me to travel during football season is probably to a, a, a casino or something like that. Did it a few years ago uh, to Vegas, but she's been cooped up and she ended up being stuck with me. Somebody that doesn't travel so much. Can you imagine what it's been like for her for over eight years now? So <laughs> hey, you know, might as well, you know. So we'll be off tomorrow. I know Rudy's off today. His sister's getting married, and he's part of that. And they've got the wedding this weekend, so we had to tune to that. And we're going to leave y'all high and dry just totally. Two days. We've been preempted a lot uh, with Astros baseball. Probably going to be preempted some more in the postseason uh, once they get in there. And uh, so that's that. Uh, but um, we're going to do it. What's up, Sam? You ready? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You ready? Okay. All right. Um, all right. So there's some things that uh, even though I'm riding solo in the cockpit today, there is some few things, of course, to get to. So normally, since we're going to be off tomorrow, um, you know, there's we'll, we'll kind of treat this like a, a Friday edition. There's some football matchups that I definitely want to touch on. We'll take a look at that. 
Uh, we've definitely got to talk the uh, NBA as well. Definitely probably going to start over there in that direction. Also, we've got hockey going on. Sam's uh, stars take one on the chin last night. What was the final score of that, Sam? 5-2. Uh, 5-2. Okay, yeah. so they got a goal on Could that been one. Could have been 8-2. 8-2. Okay, so they took one hard last night. So that's 1-1 um, right now in the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Stars. They're tied up. 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Yeah, that was put uh, Tampa Bay up two games to one last wow, night. Wow, okay. I skipped a game. I missed a game. My bad. No, it's about uh, to get crazy, too, because they're going to go. They're playing three games in four nights starting last night. So they'll oh, have a game okay. uh, Friday night and then back-to-back Saturday night as so well. So are they off tonight? But then they're back on tomorrow. Yeah, and they've off got to tonight, do- on tomorrow, and then uh, again Saturday night. So this thing could be over by by Saturday night. Well, don't leave. Don't lose faith in the stars. But um, yeah, so you have that going on. Also, college week. I know we've been a few weeks now into uh, college football. Couple weeks, uh, but you know SEC starts this weekend. The big dogs start. Uh, you know you got some matchups uh, coming up this weekend. Um, I know Rudy's alluded to that it hasn't really felt too much like college football uh, season, which I can understand that. But I think after this weekend and once you get the Big Ten in a few weeks, I think everything is going to start feeling a little bit normal to college. One of the things I wanted to get to yesterday that we didn't get to, uh, but, you know, the college committee is actually, um, you know, they released that they haven't really decided on how they're going to handle this yet in regards to the criteria of the playoffs, meaning like do they just make it up as as they go or do they want to release a certain criteria games? And my opinion to that is that I feel like you should just probably go ahead and make it up as you go because over the last few years, uh, even though we've had cut and dry what the committee looks for, and that's been a hot-button topic on this show every time for years since we started the playoffs uh, on this show, um, there's there's – pretty much been confusion anyway uh, in regards to what actually is the criteria. So I think in a year that we've had in 2020 and not even for sure we're going to have college football, I think they should just go ahead and pretty much uh, keep it internal, knowing that I'm going to stand by what I say. I mean, other, there is going to be a Big Ten participant. I don't know what the deal is with Pac-12. I mean, they've got some colleges already had to cancel practice. Uh, you know, they've been dealing with a lot other than the COVID, the whole fires out there on the West Coast. So who knows if this affects uh, the games that they're going to be able to put in or not. But my suggestion to the committee is just go ahead and do it as you go. Uh, that's the way it is because I think at the end of the day when the chips fall, there's still going to be four participants uh, and one of them is going to be from the Big Ten or maybe two of them from the Big Ten, two of them from the SEC, the Big 12. We'll see in there if they can get in. Speaking of the Big 12, uh, you know, Texas gets going with Texas Tech this weekend. And despite a COVID season, uh, in a COVID year, I should say, uh, this is a big year for Tom Herman. Uh, this is a big year for him. Um, I believe this is coming into year number three, right? So this is year number three for him. Um, you know, the recruiting thing has been a topic, uh, but I feel like, you know, last year it kind of felt like they took a step back a little bit. I really hate that, you know, the game, their opening game really against non-conference, against LSU had to be, canceled because uh, I feel like that would have been a test you know even though LSU lost quite a, a few guys to the to the NFL but that would have been one of those that really could have either got them some momentum coming into conference play or not but regardless of I don't think he's necessarily going to get a pass based on the fact that this is a COVID season so we're gonna have to see something out of the Longhorns and also um, you know man University of Houston they can't find an opponent to play 
I mean, they they're supposed to play North Texas, and North Texas had to cancel because I believe they couldn't they couldn't have they didn't have enough players to fill out a, a roster, so they had to play. So Houston, this is like their third, I think at least third team that they have had to cancel due due to surrounded COVID issues. So Houston's had it rough. Uh, your Roadrunners are in action. I believe they got to play tomorrow night uh, because of uh, moving up. And again, this is the high. Speaking of uh, of spreads, which if we get out before we get out of here, I'm not going. We're we're not yet ready for the foundation plays. We're gonna. I got some uh, insight on that when we're gonna start that. I'll get that out in the second hour. But I do have some leans for you, and we'll look at that game tonight. But I think you know UTSA Roadrunners. I can't remember the last time I've seen them play anybody. That they've been a seven-point favorite uh, win, so they're started off two and zero. You know, a lot of talk here locally has been about their quarterback, rightfully so. Well, we've mentioned him up on this show. He's had a hell of a road just to get to where he's at. But your road runners are in action. Baseball, uh, you know, yesterday Rudy had it on the docket. We didn't get to it as well too because we got in the whole Tim Duncan talk and the whole thing like that. He was saying, hey, you know, the Dodgers have won eight straight now in the National League titles, whatever per, per se. But, you know, how big is that credit with that? And I'm sorry. I mean, I know we didn't play 162 this year, and baseball is a little bit different. I mean, it's not like saying, like, hey, uh, you know, the Patriots won the East seven times in a row. But I'm sorry to Dodger fans, and I've said this before. It, it To me, it doesn't really matter until they win the whole World Series. They've got to win the whole thing. Uh, they've got to cash in. They, I mean, they've uh, they've been there. They've come up short. Uh, we know how much money they spend on their payroll. We've got Dodger fans that list this show, but I, it's nothing that I got excited for because at the end of the day, the Dodgers are going to have to cash it in and get it done. Uh, so we'll see if this is the year they could do it. Uh, ironically, it would be crazy if they did it for the first time in a while in a shortened season, but I think they would still get some credit for it. I know Rudy wanted to give credit to the Astros for keeping their head above water. Uh, you know, it's definitely not from what I paid attention to this season. It's definitely not the Astro team I'm used to seeing in the last couple of years. I mean, you can put that and and blame that on the whole uh, not being able to bang on trash cans per se anymore or not if you want to. But for whatever reason, Dusty Baker first year with them, uh, the mojo looks a little bit different. Also, uh, football. I'm going to give you the football, I think, measuring stick game of the week. You know, uh, we used to always do like get caught slipping and stuff like that. But I think this one, I mean, it's not nothing I'm going to try to start here because I don't like forcing anything. Uh, But I'm going to let you know that I think the game this week for me, for both teams, is like a measuring stick game. So we've got that. We've got Cowboys defensive player talking. I think it's the wrong guy that's speaking up. But we'll kind of get to that. Texans have to make a trip to uh, Steel Country uh, with the Texans. They've got to make a trip to Pittsburgh. Uh, We'll touch on that. Uh, also, fantasy football. Uh, we don't. I mean, we've we've got some diehards that always call up here and either inbox me or whatever fantasy football questions, and we really don't. Uh, you know, we don't spend that much time on because I think it's so flooded right now with fantasy football information. Um, it, it's it's kind of hard. I, I don't know how you get an edge in any fantasy league that you're in unless you're just playing with people that don't even watch the NFL because there's so much information out there that everybody in your league. But the reason why I'm going to bring it up, because I got a question. I got a dilemma. And and the only deal is is that I got caught, and I wanted to see if I was the only one out there in regards to a decision that I had to make in fantasy that cost me to go 0-2 in one of my leagues, which is one of the toughest leagues I've ever played in because it's so deep. It's 16 – I mean, draft 16 rounds. There's like 13, 14 people in the league. 
uh, it's a lot, man. I mean, so therefore you're drafting third string before the draft is over. You're having to draft third and fourth stringers, and 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 God forbid if you have a season like this where almost key guys, high ranked uh, fantasy guys, are hurt. So we'll we'll touch on that as well too. But when we get back, man, hero ball. Hero ball. Tyler Hero, the Miami Heat, take a control in 3-1 lead over the Celtics. And I've got a message for Laker fans also in regards to this because I've been telling you how they've been uh, making my butt itch and getting on my nerves. And when I look at the Heat last night, it started making me thinking about the Spurs in our backyard and 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 really comparing and seeing, like, you know what? It makes this, – this is kind of what I'm saying that the Spurs – are missing if they want to get back in contentions of this thing, even and not so necessarily just the title contentions, but really in the thick of things as a playoff team, which we'll jump into that when I get back. 736-976, you listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. Calvin Casey, Rose Solo with you today with Sam Spin the 1 and 2s. This next segment is going to be presented by Smoothie King at the Rim. Keep in mind, Smoothie King has a variety of different flavors to choose from. Don't forget to try their immune builders as well. That is Smoothie King, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um. NBA playoffs, bubble, hero ball. Tyler Hero puts up a show last night, and he leads Miami from one game away from returning to the NBA Finals for the first time post the D-Wade and LeBron era with the 112-109 to victory over the Celtics. Hero played 36 minutes, 14 for 21. And keep in mind, this is off the bench. Scored 37 points. Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler pushed it, but pitched in, excuse me, with 24. Drogic, I've been telling you all about Drogic through this whole bubble. It's like he's found the fountain of youth um, in regards to Drogic. I mean, he chipped in yesterday with 20, uh, 22 points. And on the losing side, I think the difference in this game was really, I, I don't know if he was, you know, not feeling 100% all the way. Uh, you know, I know uh, Rachel Nichols tried to elude that at a halftime. Um, and the guys called the game, tried to point that out. There's a possibility, but he had actually zero points in the first half. Um, you know, even though he finished with 28, um, Tatum is, you know, pretty much already there. Well, he's not. He's their best player. And actually only having zero points in a game against Miami uh, in the playoffs is not going to cut it. And he owned it afterwards uh, as well, too. Uh, but and, and also with the Celtics, you have to wonder, uh, you know, we didn't spend too much time on it, but I know that there was a blow up, uh, you know, after they lost uh, game three, uh, you know, supposedly Marcus Smart went in and, you know, you heard yelling in the locker rooms, calling guys out, uh, you know, per se. And you got to wonder, I mean, they responded the game after that and they won, uh, you know, to pull within two one. But you have to wonder if that's kind of lingering effect because chemistry is a big issue. But you know what, Sam, the thing about this is. Um, about the heat, and I'll get because I've been talking a lot about the heat, but just to bring it full circle before you give your thoughts on the game, when I look at the heat, now keep in mind, this is the same team that 
dis- got dismantled. And the same ownership, same GM, and same coach that got dismantled by the San Antonio Spurs in 2014. And that's why I put at the beginning here of the docket is that they're on. They're getting ready to return to uh, one game away from going back to the finals post the D-Wade era, post the LeBron era, and had a lot of changes. But when I look at this team and I go back to 2014 in regards to the Spurs, everybody knows about the beautiful game and everything. There, I mean, you can't tell me that Pat Riley and Spoelstra didn't learn something from that whole finals, the way they went about building this team uh, going forward. And and the, and the reason why I say that is because, look, I ain't going to sit here and tell you that I think they're playing – you know, that style of basketball as good as the Spurs did in that stretch in the playoffs of 214. But what I will tell you, uh, the way they move the ball, pass the ball, their transition defense, uh, and they don't – I mean, yes, Jimmy Butler's over there, but they don't have a LeBron or D-Wade or, or that bona fide, you know, superstar that's more a team effort and they're getting contributions for the bench. That's what I feel like, and that's why Pat Riley has to go as one of the best ones in the game. But when I look at them and I look at the Spurs – and you look at a guy like Tyler Hero. See, that's what I'm saying. So that's what I feel. That's what the Spurs is missing. Not necessarily Tyler Hero himself. They're missing a guy. And I'm not talking about just to get back to win a championship, but to get back and seriously Western Conference contentions. They're missing a guy, a young guy. Tyler Hero is 20 years old. All right. They're missing a young guy that you can sit there and say, hey, that's the guy that they can build around. That's a guy that's laying performances like that. Now, I'm even on the record talking, and I'm not willing to give that up, but I thought DeJounte Murray was going to kind of be that guy, and I think that injury set him back a year. But I feel that that's what the Spurs meant, because if Jimmy Butler doesn't take the free agent, if he doesn't sign with the Heat, okay, and he's not on the Heat, and you just got an agent Drogic, and you got, you know, Crowder, you got guys like that, and let's say they wasn't in the Eastern Conference Finals, you would still be able to watch, and if you paid attention to the game, you would be able to look at Tyler Hero and say, you know what, that's a guy they can build around. Yeah, and I mean, you're talking about a kid who was taken early teens in the draft. I think he was 13th, 14th, somewhere uh-huh. right there. So, I mean, it's it's not like the Heat are doing this with top three draft picks. I mean, right. they're, they're finding guys that they know exactly what system they want to run, and they're identifying these guys in the draft and getting them and plugging them in. I mean, I mean, Hero is a guy that... I mean, tell me, tell me a a better younger player that that is more geared to the way the league is being played now. I mean, he he's someone that is just immediately slides in and makes an impact on any playoff team with just with his skill set. And that's what you know, watching the Heat play. That's what more than anything else, it seems like they have identified. And and I hadn't even thought about it, but I completely agree. I mean, you look back to. To where they probably learned uh, some of this blueprint. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's no question. Yeah, and- yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's crossed my mind. I've just been waiting to kind of bring it up at the right time. But I think when you have a performance like Tyler, a Tyler Hero had, and like Rachel said, I mean, it, the amount of points he scored in a playoff in a stretch, and even last night at his age, there's only one other guy in the NBA that did that, and his name was Magic Johnson. I mean, so we all know what magic was to the league. But I just feel that, you know, I had a spur friend of mine that uh, we were going back and forth uh, texting the other day, and and I hadn't really heard anybody put it like this. uh, But, you know, he told me that, hey, you know, as a, and, and trust me, I won't I won't consider him a Spurs apologist, but he's not as hard on him as I am. But he said, you know, the one thing that he will say if he wants to nitpick about the organization or about Pop RC is that it's kind of irritating because he feels like, you know, the guys like Joker, where he comes from, Djokovic and Murray, like those are the guys that the Spurs would kind of find first. 
the guys that they would use to, that they would draft to bring to the league first. Now, granted, uh, in their defense. Uh, speaking of the Spurs of Buford, we've talked about enough in the show. I mean, they've got antennas and they've got personnel all over this league in the front office. So everybody's kind of copied their way of doing from scouting departments and everything. So yeah, that's, that's coming. The rest of the league is caught up to what right. the Spurs were doing 20 years ago. Right. But if you're a Spur fan and you're still paying attention to these playoffs and you're looking at... Is your heating system ready for colder weather? An annual heating system tune-up from McCarthy Services will help make sure your system is working properly and efficiently to keep you warm and save money on your heating costs. Schedule your annual heating system tune-up today with McCarthy Services for only $29. That's right, only $29. But do it fast. This outstanding special ends soon. Call 866-838-1432 for details. License number 2705-142-9478. McCarthyHomeServices.com at this, and even if you're paying attention to the season, if you really want to know what's going to take to get back our franchise in regards to respectability, whether Pop stays another three, four years, or this is last year, whether Becky Hammond takes over, you and this is kind of what I've been preaching, but you've got to find that identification of that guy that you can build from. You've got to. And 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 the bottom line is, is that I don't think that uh, – I don't think that that's – I don't see that yet on this roster. Like I said, I'm not willing to give up on DeJounte because I really think that injury set him back. But that's what they've got to find, man. And, and honestly, like Pat Riley, <clears throat> excuse me, Pat Riley's got the best of both worlds, Sam, because at the end of the day, he can – I mean, he can – He's he's been around the game a lot, and obviously he's proven he knows how to draft. But at the end of the day, he can also build it in free agency because guys are going to take money to go play at South Beach, play in Miami. So it's not a situation where he has to – you know, hit on all his picks, or he's got to really build it to the draft. Even though this two thousand, I mean, this two thousand twenty Miami team was built to the draft. Besides the fact of you know Jimmy Butler and Crowder, but at the end of the day, Hero and all that. So that's my point. But that's that's what was been crossing my mind to say that's what the Spur, that's what Spur fans need to realize is that. And to compete in this day's NBA besides just, okay, we need a big two or we need a big three, is you got to start. If you're going through a rebuilding process, which I told you all years ago, this is what this was. If you're going through that, at the end of the day, you have to go ahead and at least get that one guy, whether it's in the draft phrase, like, hey, that's the guy that we're going to build around. And maybe that's why I've been so subconsciously hard on LaMarcus and DeMars because I know that they're not those dudes for one because the age and how they're 10 year plus vets. But that's why I've kind of been hard because, and it's no, and you know what? Maybe we saw a big growth in the bubble. There are eight games with Derek white. I mean, we saw him take that next step, but I'm not even going to put Derek white on the level of a skill set of ty- ty- uh, a hero. Yeah, he's half a decade yeah. older than hero too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think when as we get closer to this draft, and I mean, we're talking about again, we're talking about a kid that was taken in the most recent draft in the same area where the Spurs are going to be looking at here in a couple months or here in a month. I mean, it's you're going to you need to just block out the idea that you have to get this guy at the top end of the draft. Like there is is every uh, analyst you hear, oh, this is a weak draft. Well, in every weak draft, there's still a dude like Jokic who's taken in the second round. There's still a dude like Hero who's there in the mid-teens. I mean, if you identify the type of player uh, that you you will fit your system, stay true to your system, and build around that. I mean, the the Heat have a, a dude that was playing D three basketball. He was playing the same level I was <laughs> before he transferred to Michigan, and he's he's a sharpshooter. That, that Duncan Robinson kid. I mean, you the Heat and, and Riley specifically are finding these guys at all levels 
uh, all hell, all zip codes across the globe. I mean, they are uh, they know exactly what system they want to run and proof. Uh, just look at the lineup the Celtics were having to put out at the end of the game last night. Yeah, I mean, you had the Celtics' tallest guy on the court was Gordon Hayward, and he was guarding Bam. Yeah, That's the kind of mismatches that that Miami system has created. I mean, the Celtics didn't even have a, a, a true power forward or center on the, on the floor. They had a small forward guarding the... Uh, the Heat's, uh, you know, big man who can do everything. Again, a great passing big man. I think you're what you're looking at in, in this Heat offense, specifically their offensive system. I mean, the transition defense is, drives the offense for sure. But you look at what they're doing in the half court. That is as close to the future of basketball. I mean, you're seeing very reminiscent uh, of when the when the Warriors basically showed everybody. Like no, we're you know we're gonna change the way this game is played in the half court, and and the Heat are kind of adding their own flair to it with a guy like Bam who can do more of the, you know, more passing out of the high post that the Warriors ever had to offer. Hmm. Okay. Seven three six nine seven sixty. Yeah, that's what I kind of uh, that's what I kind of thought about that. But I'll tell you this, just sticking it back to the teams that's in there. Uh, this brings me to Lakers. I mean, we got the game tonight with Denver and L.A. And the message I'll tell the Laker fans is they set up 2-1. Anthony Davis said they're still in control of the series. They've got to finish this series with Denver. Because Miami, I mean, you know, most likely they're going to finish this out in five. If not five, definitely six. I really don't see Boston being able to beat this team two times in a row. They just really have no answers for everything Spoles showing at them from a matchup standpoint. You saw the energy that the Lakers had to go ahead and exhaust just to get back into the game uh, the other night. Uh, I didn't like, you know, Vogel leaving Anthony Davis on the on the court. But you got to take care of business because if you let Denver take too much out of you this series, you are, in my opinion, you already, I mean, Rudy's already given the title to the Lakers. And that's why I distinguish myself from him saying, hey, you stand over there. I'm not doing that yet because I see what's brewing in the East, especially with this Miami team. And they're going to present, I mean, even though Lakers going to present some problems with Heat, Heat present problems for the Lakers. I, and I think Tyra, like a guy like Hero, Butler, they're going to get guys in perimeter on, on um, you know, foul trouble. And look at the box score. If you go look at the box score of the Heat, they've got guys, I mean, Tyler Hero did this off the bench. They had 37 points off the bench. They're getting all that. Who's that really coming from LA, you know, off the bench? If LA's able to go ahead and survive this Denver series, which I think they will, but they've got to go ahead and, uh, you know, wrap this up. Because I know LA fans think this is 0-1 Lakers and this is Shaq and Kobe and Phil's over there. This is running through everybody wake me up we're gonna have a parade not so fast my friend as lee corso say i, I don't believe it uh because like miami's on a mission and like i told y'all weeks ago miami can win this whole thing 736-976 when we get back we'll get to cowboy james you listen to the sports grind broadcasting here from the rounders car club studios we'll be back All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. Calvin Casey, Sam Spinner, the one and twos. 
Um, yeah, man, that's my thought. So Lakers got to take care of business uh, tonight. But you know what? I tonight's one of those I wouldn't be shocked if it got up uh, to if it got tied up to two. But we'll get into that. There's some thoughts about that too that's coming around and resolved, uh, revolving around game. Um, it would be four uh, in that series. But let's go to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Cowboy James. Cowboy James, you're on the Sports Grind here on Ticket 760. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Cal? Sam? Uh, up, congratulations to Rudy and his sister on the wedding. Uh, but uh, my, I, I got, I'm picking some bones with you right now, Cal. All right, what's hey, that? Cause you, cause you kind of clowned me the other day when I said stay in the fight. So let me clarify. What I was talking about was against Seattle and team like Baltimore, who they play late on this season, that they are predicted to lose against. If they in the fourth quarter down by seven or less and giving them chance to drive down the field and tie or win, hey, that's in the fight. Teams that they supposed to win, I don't expect them to be in the fight. I expect them to win the fight. Just like when the Spurs was winning championships, you know, if they was down by 12 in the fourth quarter, we knew that they still had a chance to win. And as far as last week, yes, they did get lucky. But if I'm a boxer and I throw a haymaker and happen to knock my opponent out, I'm going to take that win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, sometimes it's better to be good, I mean, lucky than good. Well, let me and ask you this. Let, let me ask you this, Cowboy Jay. Okay, you said the two teams you said about being for, you said to Baltimore and Seattle, did you? You throw Seattle in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This so is what I'll say. I, you do, you, okay. You're doing a better job of clarifying yourself today, but I will say this. Baltimore, I'll give you. But before the season started, Dallas was uh, Dallas was probably – Dallas was on more people's lips than Seattle. Dallas was supposed to be better than really Seattle. I think Russell Wilson's off to a MVP type of uh, start and hotter than fish grease right now. But I'll give you – Baltimore, but not be Seattle. But you clarified yourself a little bit more what you try to say. Because the other day you would just catch me like, "Hey, man, they in the fight. They in the fight." I was like, "Wait a minute, man. There's, I mean, there's teams like like these two teams playing tonight, which I'll get to them. Miami and Jacksonville. Those are teams you considered who they're on their schedule to be like, "Hey, man, you know, they might be, they might not win a game yet, want a game yet, but they in the fight to the fourth quarter." But you clarified yourself a little bit, Cowboy Jay. All right, man. I appreciate okay. you, man. Okay. And, man. Hey, maybe if your Denver team show up to a fight, maybe they'll get one. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Thanks All for the right, phone call. All right. Well, yeah, man. If they see team gets it. See, I was off to a good start. Have a good time, man. Don't don't reminisce and see what's going on, man. And I was trying to get, uh, you know, Channel 9 News up there and Denver Post Mike Cliss on today. But I talked to him yesterday after he's, he was swamped today. But he's like, yeah, do it Friday. I was like, man, it would have been perfect. But I'm on a road trip in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, I even after that, Sam, I even went downstairs like, man, you know, I could have Mike Clay on my show and we could have spent the perfect time for me to interview him. Nuggets going on like I could slide in there like, hey, we talk a little Nuggets L.A. to make it sense to have him on in the San Antonio market when I really want to talk about Pat Shermer's hires, offensive coordinator, everything. No, she's and still having none of it, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, no, man. I mean, they, hell, they show fighting against Pittsburgh. I mean, 26 to 21. I'm surprised they were in it that long. But no, but see, and that's the thing, Cowboy Jays. That's the difference. I mean, I know y'all's title came like over 20, 30 some years ago, it feels like. And Denver's a franchise, too. We we don't we don't like to be associated being in the fight. We, we, we're tired of this, man. You know, we're, we're tired of smelling the KC barbecue and everything else and this and this and Patrick. That's been a deal. Like, like I've told KC Rob, they, they're paying tenants right now. The way I look at it, Kansas City's paying rent. 
and mortgage. I mean, they we we used to normally been owning that division over everybody, and it, and it's tough. So we don't settle for just you know, hey man, we're in the fight. But I get what you're saying. Uh, but before we get into, because I did want to touch on that tonight, that game tonight, because week two kicks off tonight. But sticking back to the Lakers, and check this out: the Lakers have reached out to the NBA in regards to the lack of LeBron James foul calls, him going to the line. And I'm like, you know what? Speaking of Dallas, that's that's equivalent to the Dallas Cowboys complaining about a lack of primetime television games. Like, are you serious, man? Like, And I'm, I've defended LeBron on this show to Rudy, Salami, and everybody over the last 14, 15 years at least and been doing this show for 16 years. But you mean to tell me that y'all are sending tape and talking about the lack of him going to the line? That's hogwash. That's a bunch of crap. Because like I told you, in game one in this series was the worst officiated game in the bubble by far that I've seen. And that includes those eight bullcrap games that the teams got to participate in. I'm not even talking about that. I, I'm talking about the playoffs, those games included. And, and that way, I think with what, six fouls between Murray and Joker in the first half, um, and you get a blowout, when in regards to in game uh, three that we saw, uh, you see exactly how competitive it was when you're allowed to play really from game two and game three. Game two came down to a last-second last shot, a blown defensive assignment by Pumley, and then you go ahead and have the competent. They go out and win outright and was up by like 18 at one time, uh, and they're going to have the nerve to talk to the front or talk to the NBA about LeBron's lack of uh, times to the free throw. Man, get out of here with that mess. Get out. Like I said, they gotta they gotta take control of this series. They they've gotta get they've gotta get this three one lead and match that team Miami. They can't afford to get this down to a two out of three. But I think they are gonna have their hands full trying to pick up and get up to three to one uh, tonight. Seven three six nine seven sixty. When we get back, uh, a couple other NBA notes want to throw out there that we'll start looking at week two, which gets started tonight between Miami and Jacksonville, and I got a message for the league on that as well, too. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Rounders Card Club Studios. We'll be back. Back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760. Broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. Calvacation, Sam spinning the one and twos. All right, this next segment is going to be presented by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential and commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Um, yeah, so... Um, We'll see. We'll see how that works out tonight for LA and Denver. It's a uh, um, last time I checked. I think Lakers was minus six uh, tonight. Um, you know, I told you yesterday. I've been hitting it that uh, I think that's a little sign right there. That's kind of tasty for the Nuggets, especially the first half of that plus three and a half. They covered that the other day, which I paid attention to when I said that would be. I, I just think tonight is going to be. You let Denver have some confidence. And as each quarter goes on, that the Lakers don't have a 15, 20-point lead or something like that, um, they're going to pretty much see that pressure kind of mount up a little bit. You know, I mean, because we can look at it as a, you know, choke job by the Clippers, which, you know, I don't have no problem with that. 
Uh, but at the end of the day, the Clippers wasn't a trash team. I mean, they wasn't. Uh, you know, they had the second best uh, record in the Western Conference behind uh, the Lakers. Uh, so, I mean, to come back 3-1 on them and being down 15, there's something to that. And I think some of that has to do with Malone as a coach and their players. I mean, the Lakers are going to have to kill these guys. They're going to have to put them out. It, it's not going to be a situation where, hey, man, we just come out, we win the first quarter, we get up double digits first quarter, they lay down. No, it's nothing like that. And as each quarter goes and each minute goes that they don't have, um, you know, a control of this series and stay consistent and you allow Denver to hang around, I, I definitely won't be shocked if this comes down to a two out of three. I mean, I picked the Lakers before the series. I'm going to stick with the Lakers. Um you know, in this series, but I've just, uh, there's been a sentiment out there and especially, and, and you, if you lived here long enough, like I have all my life and you pay attention to sports, especially if you pay attention to NBA and you follow it, you know, the type of Laker fans that we have in this region. Um, and, and a lot of them are, are trolls. A, a lot of them are uh, front runners. Um, there's a few diehard Laker fans that I know that, you know, call this show because before this show came along, you couldn't call and get on the airwaves anywhere in San Antonio to talk Lakers. You really couldn't. The only reason why that was even the case is uh, because Rudy had, uh, he slept with purple and gold uh, Kobe boxers every night, uh, Van Axel boxers. That's the reason why that that was kind of a pat that we had to do when we started it. So, I mean, that, other than that, you didn't have a platform. So I know the real ones. And the fake ones, but I, I've always, like I've always said this story, there's only two franchises in professional sports that I really don't have. You know, as I've gotten older, I try to stop using the word hate, hate this, hate that, because it's a strong word. But there's only two franchises that I can't, that I despise or can't stand, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers uh, and your Dallas Cowboys. That's pretty much it. Uh, before we get into the NFL, a couple other things, too. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, but Billy Donovan landed on his feet. Uh, he got the Chicago Bulls job. Um, and honestly, when this whole mutual agreement to split up, um, you know, took place between him and Oklahoma, I thought it was one of those situations that, hey, man, is there a college team out there that makes a run at Billy? Does he chill for a year? Uh, does he, you know, decides maybe gets another NBA, maybe goes back? Um, no, I didn't anticipate that he would get a job within the same year, especially the NBA with the Bulls. Um, and that's just another one of those situations, man. Um you know, there's a lot of coaches that still haven't got their their second shot, their first shot, uh, and he's and, and you know I like Billy. I, I mean, I think Billy did a pretty damn good job with Oklahoma despite the circumstances. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't think Russell Westbrook is an easy guy to coach, uh, but I don't have that big a problem of him getting the Bulls job. But I just sit there that pumps my head like guys like Tyron Lue and all these other guys, and Tyron Lue has a ring that just haven't got that opportunity real quick to get a second shot, but we'll see what we got in Chicago. What you got, Sam? Where do you rate that job? Like, where does that Chicago job fall in your eyes in terms of NBA hierarchy? I mean, Paxson's no, he's no longer over there in the front office, right? Mm -hmm. You have to, okay, he's no longer there. Uh, From a market standpoint, and and look, I mean, from a market standpoint in Chicago, it's still a Chicago Bears town. Um, then comes Cubs and then the Bulls. I think when Jordan was in his head, I mean, when he was running it, six championships, uh, you know, Phil Jackson, without a doubt, you know, Chicago Bulls at that time was running it because that, you know, other than that, you had the 85 Bears and you had to go back to, uh, you know, the 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 Chicago Cubs way back. They wouldn't win anything. They were the lovable losers. So when you ask me where I rank that, um, 
I just don't think it's that high up there. I, I, it is a place that I think you can attract free agents. I mean, I know there was rumors swirling about Anthony Davis, you know, in regards to, you know, if LeBron's retired, this is a short one-year deal or whatever it might be. He might go home and play back in Chicago. Anthony's from that area, speaking of Davis. So I think it is a job, Sam, and a franchise. You can get some free agents with the money, but I'm not going to sit there and say that that's like uh, – that's that's not high up on the list. I don't think it's not a top five job in the league. No, no not no. the way not not the way they ran it. Not not the success that they haven't had in a long time. It's a long time since Jordan and Phil uh, room those. And really, like Thibodeau. I mean, Thibodeau had his run there with Derrick Rose and you know going to Eastern Conference Finals. But no, it's I don't know if it's a top five job. But it is a job in a market you can still get some free agents to go play at. Seven three six nine seven six. You listen to the Sports Crime broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. We'll be back. We're here with Nina, who is hosting a little Tuesday get-together. And she has gone all out. Yep, she's done the fancy charcuterie thing. (gasps) Look at those solid maple serving boards. So classy. And those gold room side plates? Gorgeous. Oh, you're absolutely right. And she got it all at Marshall's for way less. Even the cheese? No, not the cheese, but that to die for sequin top. Marshalls? Yep, Marshalls. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshalls. You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here for the Rounders Car Club Studios. This next segment is going to be presented by Texas Cheer Liquors, your one-stop shop for liquor, beer, wine, and cigars. They got two locations, uh, Petrenko across from the Walmart, and their flagship is on Petrenko Pass 211, and they have a third location on the way. So stay tuned for that. That is Texas Cheer Liquor, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so before we get into football, before we move on to that, let's go to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Fox News Dave. Fox News Dave, you on the sports grind here on Ticket 760. What's up, man? Hello, all. How y'all doing? All right, man. Yeah, I know you want to move on, but one more NBA question. No, go ahead. Um, I know I don't think any of y'all are really interested in putting any kind of an asterisk on this season as far as who comes out on top, but hopefully I can ask this and it makes sense. So there's no asterisk for the winner, but – some of the teams that maybe didn't get as far as they should have, are you willing to give any of them a pass because of the bubble? Hmm, that's for not a, meeting for okay. not meeting their expectations. Okay, good question. Uh, thanks for the phone call, Dave. Uh, I think that's the that's the million dollar question uh, in regards to um, all these sports in in general. But I'm going to stick to yours just about the NBA. 
Um, to me, like everything else in my life, it's a case by case basis. So to me, I think it depends. Like me, when we started, I wasn't given D'Antoni, which obviously he's not a Houston Rocket coach anymore. But I wasn't giving him a pass because of the bubble. Um, you know, because we've seen that before. Uh, go to the Easter Conference, the 76ers. I wasn't giving. I mean, I know Mike, uh, Coach Brown. Uh, you know, pops tree, whole nine, good guy. Uh, but I wasn't giving him or I wasn't giving the 76ers with Embiid uh, a pass because of the of the bubble, because there was expectations coming in and guys that had been for a while. Now, what I will say, you know, in regards to and that's just my opinion. I mean, if somebody wants to go there, whether you're uh, in the media or not, or just somebody watching the games on your couch or a sports fan and you want to go there. I mean, I won't argue with you on it, but I, I feel that, you know, it's one of those situations to where, with that said, there's definitely things that I think that could be playing effect because the bubble from a mental aspect of what you're saying, these guys away from their families, uh, you know, didn't really get any of their families able to show up until, you know, to the playoffs, the later rounds. You know, Mike Malone, the coach of the Denver Nuggets, who's coaching tonight, was very vocal through the NBA on the bus by not letting coaches have their families away. I don't know how they slid that one by. Like I said earlier this week, I said if that was the case, all the coaches had to say is say we ain't coaching and they would have had their families there. So there's a there's an aspect of that because I know I heard Paul Pierce last night. I mean, Paul was saying, like, look, man, you know, honestly, you know, people saying the bubble tough, he goes, it's a neutralizer. Like, he kind of said what I said. Like, do I think Denver would have came back in two consecutive series from Utah? Maybe with Utah, but do I think they would have came back 3-1 on the Clippers uh, having to play a game seven in the Staples Center? No, I don't think so. So you could add that aspect to it. But there is probably a mental toll that these guys are taking. And if you look at what's going on outside the uh, outside the bubble where these guys are fighting for social injustice, you see the reaction from the uh, decision with Breonna Taylor yesterday. I mean, th- these guys are human. But in regards to giving teams and coaches that are supposed to succeed just about, well, you know, we're going to run it back because, hey, we were in the bubble. Everybody stopped for four months and everybody knew what the rules were when they went in the bubble. What do you got, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I just looking at direct impact of you know a guy like Tyler Hero's performance last night. I mean, does a does a twenty year old rookie score thirty seven in the Garden in a regular year in the playoffs? That, that's that's. I, I mean, I think it's. I think that bubble helps a, the younger guys more than it necessarily affects the older guys. I, I at can. All. Yeah, I can agree to that, and that's kind of what Paul was alluding to last night because he yeah. said, "Hey, the hostile, the travel. You stand in the hotel, you really don't want to stay into. Then you got eighteen thousand, twenty thousand screaming fans, and you know we always heard that adage that hey, role players play better at home in the playoffs than they do on the road. They don't want to shoot it, so." If that's where Fox News is kind of going, maybe that to a certain extent. But in regards to keeping teams together, not piling on superstars, not firing guys, I don't know how much of a pass they get to there. But there's definitely some effects that probably would be different if we were under uh, normal circumstances. Seven three six nine seven sixty. All right, so switch it to week two that gets under the way tonight in regards to um, the NFL, which has us the Miami Dolphins uh, versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love the NFL. I'm usually the guy that will defend the NFL at all costs in the show. Uh, but the NFL has to do a better job, and they have to do better um, in scheduling. Look, I'm grateful and thankful that we have a football season um, and sports. I mean, I'm in the business, so no sports for four months definitely affected this show and affected us business-wise. But at the end of the day, even in a pandemic and even in the situation, um, 
these guys that work in the in the scheduling department and in and down there and in New York, the headquarters, they're not they're smart. They're not dumb. I mean, and when I say that is meaning you know in a situation that for one, when you look at these two franchises, I mean, and Jacksonville showed us in the offseason. And Jacksonville, to their credit, uh, the guys on the field, they've competed like hell through the first two weeks. Garden Minshew and everything, all this tank for Trevor and all that stuff. I mean, these guys ain't buying into it. But they, the league knew that Jacksonville, by the guys they let go, guys they wasn't signing, trading Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, they knew that they weren't going to really be a primetime attraction. Or maybe that product you want on a primetime on Thursday night to make Joe Buck one of the best to ever do it and Troy Aikman sit there and have to call that game for a few hours. Miami Dolphins, yes, you drafted Tua. But we kind of already knew, and Brian Flores set the set the standard and set the expectations. We already knew that, you know, Brian that that Tua wasn't gonna start from day one. So this guy, I mean, we're just in week three, and they got Jacksonville and Miami on Thursday. Come on, man. I mean, that's that. There has to be. You've got to. There's the obvious. There's some things you can't control, like injuries. You know, you schedule a team, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, who goes out for the season? Your quarterback loses for the season. Yeah, you can't control that. But the obvious that they got to do better. Now, to the game itself, um, I'll watch it because it's on TV. I don't even think I got any fantasy guys going in Miami or Jacksonville um, in this game, so that's not going to draw me basically to it. Uh, to say I've got to sit there and watch those four, but I will pay attention to it. But the question I have for you, Sam, on this is how many, like, where where do you think the mark is with the Dolphins in regards to losses before we actually see Tua or before the, the, the rumblings start saying Tua, we're going to go to Tua? Where do, where do you think that mark is? Because to me, before you answer that, I think the key to me is is that and I haven't paid attention to him that much this this year, but I will pay attention to tonight, uh, led by Fitzpatrick, how that offensive line looks. Because if the offensive line is not all the way right, um, I don't even know, even if you start off 0-4, 0-5, or you lose tonight, um, that it makes sense of putting them in there anytime soon until we get to like maybe the last quarter of the year. Yeah, you, season. I mean, you nailed it right there. I mean, why a, a kid that has shown the biggest detriment he had on his draft portfolio was injury concerns. I mean, everything else you checked out as a a a starting NFL quarterback caliber prospect. Throwing him in behind a a shaky offensive line, you're almost looking at the same thing that happened to David Carr. I mean, the most right. sacked quarterback in the league, hell of an arm, but you know, never was able to build any kind of confidence standing behind that offensive line. I, I don't see I mean, if you're the Dolphins front office, are you are you even really looking at yourself as any kind of playoff contender this year, or is this still another gap year after the absolute teardown that it was last year? I mean, right. I, I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to push for a playoff position if you put Tua in there, right. and I think you're only going to detriment his his overall progress if you throw him in there behind a line where he's just constantly running for his life. I mean, I, I could see. I, this Dolphins team is a it's seven win team at best uh-huh. at, at, by the end of the year, and, and I could honestly see at least two of those wins being two of starts later in the season. I, I think he's, I think he is their guy of the future. I think they absolutely believe that. I think the, you know, the 
the front office is maneuvering as if they're a video game at times, the way they just, you know, bring guys in, trade them before the rookie deals even up. But at the same time, you know, they're they're sitting there looking at a absolutely loaded uh, draft arsenal in, uh, over the next couple of years, last year, this year, and the and the next. So I, I don't think there's any reason to rush Tua in there in, in a – you know, before a week twelve at the earliest, probably in my eyes, because by by week twelve, you, you if you're not mathematically eliminated, you know you're out of it. Right. That's I, no, yeah. I agree with that, and I, that's kind of my. I mean, I do think we're going to see him at some point this no year toward yeah, the end no of question. year. I think you know the the COVID situation with the lack of fans and and really you know all these teams knowing they were going to take a big hit on revenue in regards to ticket sales. You can't really say, hey, man, we got to sell tickets. We got to get people to stay there. They want to see Tua. That kind of gives you a pass or gives you a, uh, you know, an out on that. But my main concern with Tua is because the way I look with Tua, Tua is the – Tua – and I don't – I want to use the word pressure, but Tua has the mantle uh, for the future of Alabama quarterbacks in the National Football League as long as Nick Saban's there. Now, I don't know how much long old St. Nick's going to be there, but I know there's been this this stigma about Alabama and Alabama quarterbacks. That's why I'm rooting for Tua. Um, I, think, I, I think without a doubt he's going to be an NFL quarterback, but I want him to be set up in the right situation. I like Flores and what he's doing. I know Don has called up this show over the last couple of years, even last year, and saying, hey, what our front office is doing and what we're doing, we're right. And I see that in regards. This is the team. Like, it's funny to me because these are the two teams that's had that stigma. Like, oh, man, they're selling off. They're just going to tank. Dolphins had it going into last year. Vegas set their win total at, like, I think it was three and a half or four. We kind of went back with Don. Don took the over. And by week 16, I think he hit it in week 16, 17, or something like that. But I think that Jacksonville had that notion, too. Like, hey, uh, tank it for Trevor. And I think Garden Minshew didn't heard that because Garden didn't came out. I think he's one of the hottest players on fantasy uh, wire this week, football wire, to people trying to run if you're in quarterback trouble in fantasy football, trying to pick up Garden Minshew. But I think even he's heard it and the teams responded. Like I said, they beat the Colts week one. Colts were eight-point favorites uh, going in that game. 460 on the money line juice for all y'all out there to know that language. And then... They uh they were kind of underdogs. I want to say they were like six point or six and a half point underdogs against Tennessee, and that game came down to the fourth quarter as well. Um, so that's one of those situations that were ironic. These are two teams that supposedly be tanking in the NFL. I told y'all the other day. I don't really buy into that whole. You can look like you're tanking. Maybe the front office, the ownership, want to take for a good draft pick that they can sell to the fan base or whatever. But these guys that strap up the cleats and put on the shoulder pads, man, they're playing out there for their livelihoods and jobs, and it usually don't go down that uh, that way. 736-9760, we get back. Dallas Cowboys versus Seattle. Okay, the question I have, will the Dallas Cowboys start 0-2 this year on the road? 0-2 as they go into 12-man, which is not really 12-man anymore since there's no fans there. That was kind of weird Sunday night as well, too. Listen to the Sports Grind. We'll be back. Test me. 
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. This next segment is going to be presented by Dr. Fex. All right, keep in mind, Dr. Fex, for only $200 to $250, you'll get six months of protection. They'll spray your vehicles, boats, and jet skis. The big thing is that's for six months of protection. Also, if you book this month, you receive a vehicle for free. Give them a call. Their number is 1-888-509-5589. Again, that is 1-888-509-5589. That is Dr. Fex, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so taking a gander at the week two besides uh, – week three, excuse me, besides tonight uh, with the Jacksonville and the Dolphins kicking off uh, this weekend, looking at some matchups. Of course, your Dallas Cowboys, uh, like I said, going to the break. They're trying to avoid going 0-2 on the road. And Everson Griffin is the guy that decided to step up and say, hey, man, um, this defensive line's kind of being, you know, paraphrasing, being disappointment, been disappointing through two games. We got to step up. They've got two sacks through two games, okay? And um, I've said it enough on the show. It doesn't need to beat a dead horse. But when when I hear Everson Griffin speak up, he's not the guy I want speaking up. The guy I want speaking up is Demarcus Lawrence. Now, again, I, I think DeMar- what I'm looking at from afar uh, – you know, I haven't had any talks with Calvin, uh, you know, Watkins or whatever his name is that carries the Cowboys. Um, haven't had any talks with him. Uh, too busy talking to Mike Cliss. But anyway, I, I haven't had any side information, but I could tell the way they covered Demarcus Lawrence from afar. Like in that media, in that region, like I said it earlier, like he must do a lot of things for charity off the field and off the thing. I mean, he must really be a good guy because – the Dallas media has really, I mean, they've given him up to this point kind of a pass, uh, you know, especially after signing that big contract. But he's the guy that I want to hear about being disappointing with only two sacks to two games. Now, they've got Seattle. Um, they're a five-point underdog going into Seattle. Um, this is a very intriguing game to me. I do think it's a winnable game uh, for Dallas because I think, you know, um, I think – from what I'm seeing in with Seattle, I mean, because Russell Wilson is a story right now through two games because he's off and probably the favorite. And I think even the guys out in the desert in the Vegas got him as the favorite for uh, MVP right now uh, early on. Uh, but Seattle's defense, I, I'm not kind of really, you know, Jamal Adams has been balling through a couple weeks. I mean, he has. I mean, that Patriots game – uh, that he was playing in Sunday night. I mean, he he was all over the place. I mean, he was in Cam's face. He was that. But I think there's still plays that can be had on Seattle's defense, especially in the corner, the corners. And we know, you know, Dallas's offense had a lot to do with them getting back in that game, uh, you know, Sunday against Atlanta. Um, I'm anticipating it should be a better start for Dallas. I don't think you can get off to a worse start than what they did against Atlanta. Uh, you know, I don't know if we'll be anticipating anymore. Uh, let's go for fake punts on our side of the field uh, from Mike McCarthy. Ooh, my voice cracked then. Mike McCarthy. I thought it was done with purity. But anyway, I don't I don't think it would be the situation with that. But I will tell you this, that, you know, if you're going to be where Dallas is supposed to wanting to try to go, and I know this is a different year with no fans, um, you you got to win on the road. And, and right now, um, if they lose this game, they would be starting this early season at 0-2 on the road, you know. And I don't know if that, you know, trends or certain things, but that doesn't 
that doesn't bode too well uh, to start off 0-2 on the road if you have a team like Dallas with the expectations they had. You got something, Sam? Oh, okay. Thought you wanted to chime in. But anyway, but the Cowboys, we'll see how they go. I think this is a winnable game for them, but I'm looking to see after you pretty much stole victory, uh, you know, pretty much stole a victory from special teams because I guess no one on Atlanta understands the the onside kick rules or special teams. Like nobody wanted to go down there and try to get that ball. I mean, like newsflash, the special teams can touch the ball. You don't have to wait for it to 10 yards. I mean, somebody could have got down there. Julio Jones, which is dealing with a hamstring situation again. I think Julio's got a lot of miles on him. He made a business decision. He didn't want to go down there and get it. Uh, but we'll see how they do in Seattle. But they're going to have their hands full with uh, – Russell Wilson. And like I said, I've told you I'm not high on Dallas secondary. Um, you know, in general, I said that even before I saw one game played. Um, so we're going to see how they deal with that. Also, the Texans, uh, their counterpart, the counterparts, they're traveling to Steeler country uh, to take on Pittsburgh. Um, the Texans and Rudy, uh, credit to Rudy, he kind of, this came across his radar before we kicked off. But if you look at it, like you wonder, like, damn, who did the Texans piss off? In the NFL with their scheduling, I mean the, the I mean the Texans. I mean, damn. Uh, let's see. They started off with uh, they had Baltimore last week. Uh, they're going to Pittsburgh this week. And who do they have, Sam? Who did who did Texas play in and and uh, uh, Chiefs? Right? Yeah, Kansas City. So they had Kansas City week one. They had uh, the Ravens week two. And now they got Pittsburgh week three. I don't even know who they got week four, but they must have pissed somebody off with their schedule <laughs> early on because that's that's a murderous row right there, especially if you're dealing with uh, the deficiencies that Bill O'Brien is with that offensive line and, and, and the troubles Deshaun Watson is running for his life, you know, the whole time. But the Texans, I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I think with Steelers, they didn't really play that good of a clean game last week against Denver. I mean, they had... This is Dave Grohl, and I'm excited to tell you about my memoir, The Storyteller. In my book, I've collected and captured many moments of my life, from my childhood in D.C. to touring the world with the Foo Fighters, meeting and jamming with my musical heroes, becoming a father, and much more. Telling stories, like making music, is how we make our lives and the lives of people we care about richer. I perform the audio edition of The Storyteller. Download it today wherever you get your audiobooks. Turn it up. All right, we're here with Nina, who is hosting a little Tuesday get-together. And she has gone all out. Yep, she's done the fancy charcuterie thing. <gasps> Look at those solid maple serving boards. So classy. And those gold room side plates? Gorgeous. Oh, you're absolutely right. And she got it all at Marshall's for way less. Even the cheese? <sighs> no, not the cheese, but that to die for sequin top. Marshall's? Yep, Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshalls. You know, like 17 quarterback hits. Uh, they had like eight sacks, seven or eight sacks. I still been telling you, I mean, that's why they're my Super Bowl pick. It was hard between them and Ravens. That was like splitting hairs, but I think Pittsburgh has the fastest defensive line in the NFL. I think they have the most physical uh you know, line or defense in the in the NFL. They've already knocked out Drew Locke three to five weeks. They've knocked out one quarterback already. Um, and Ben, I think with Ben, he's going to get a little bit more comfortable as each game goes. You know, they got Ben over there warming up. They got that big old warm sleeve on his arm. Like, they got Ben, like, arm in a bubble or what they do. Juju's off to a good start um, as well. And speaking of fantasy, man, I had – one of the leagues I'm in is a keeper league. And I had Juju kept like for a, the last year or two, and he pissed me off so much last year. I end up 
cutting them. I released them. I didn't end up keeping them. And I knew this was going to happen, but I had to do it off of principle. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and and it, it, he was going to, you know, Ben's back. He's got, and I think it's because Juju was just too much on social media for me. And regret, he's a good guy. I mean, he works about his brand. I mean, Juju's a good guy, but I knew life without Antonio Brown was going to be hard for him. But he's off to a, uh, he's hotter than fresh grease too for the first two weeks. I love how you extend your principles to your fantasy team. <laughs> like yeah, the, like man. I was like, man, you, you fell me, man. I kept you. And you, I mean, it wasn't the fact that like he didn't duplicate the year before. It's the fact that he struggled last year, man. I mean, I know he had a duck caller throwing on the ball and all that, but Juju wasn't doing him any favors either. But the speaking of that, the fantasy thing, and this is this is the thing about fantasy football, which, like I said, I used to play back in the day and started way before, you know, ESPN gave you a two-hour fantasy show in the morning before you logged on to ESPN, their fantasy days. Like, you had to really pay attention to the game. But the thing about fantasy football and seeing the keeper league that I tell you that I meant was this is not the keeper league, but the other one that's like 16 rounds draft deep. I sat there last week and I ended up losing by five points. I think it was four points. And I was and it was Owen. It was Owen one already going to week two. And I got cute because I was like, man, I benched Denver Broncos defense. I mean, excuse me, Pittsburgh's defense against Denver. Because I was like, man, I can't start there in, in that way. And I end up losing that. Denver's, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense got like nine points, ten points with a one. And I wonder if anybody else out there has those decisions where a team you root for and you're playing fantasy and it's a defense or a player quarterback. You know, because some people feel like, oh, hell, if there's money involved, it's money in the pot, then hell, man, I, I put my rooting to the side. But I just couldn't do it. But this week, favorable matches, I got a decision between, I think, Baker Mayfield, who plays Washington, or either uh, in the other league, I want to say Deshaun Watson, which plays Pittsburgh, or who you go with that. I think I would lean Baker with Washington. I like what he did against Thursday, last Thursday. And coaching matters, man. That's a different Cleveland team offensively under Stefanski than it was against that jackass last year uh, who they had. 736-976. You listen to the Sports Crowd. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Garage, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Car Club Studios. This next segment is going to be presented by Tiger Sanitation. Tiger Sanitation, if you're looking for a job, they're hiring. Great company to work for. Um, they do a lot of great things for the San Antonio uh, community and surrounding areas as well, too. Uh, that is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 736-9760. All right, so, yeah, on the fantasy note, I know um, Sam had somebody check in with them and say they don't draft any NFC East players. Was that correct real quick, Sam, that no NFC East players that they draft? Yeah, he's a Cowboy fan, so he doesn't want to draft any other NFC East guys because he doesn't want to have to actually root for them to do well. See, I, yeah, I'm not really that. that that's, that's why that's I a hate little, fantasy. Yeah, right that's there. a little bit too overboard. I mean, I'm not, you know, I bleed blue and orange, but I never would get in that because, like I said, the same game I speak of last week uh, in regards to benching Pittsburgh's defense um, I mean, I started James Conner. I mean, I got him in both leagues, but the defense is just something different. So that's the whole thing, the double-edged sword when you play fantasy. So you don't have a problem with with 
basically cheering on a rival player? No, not really, because huh. I feel like because there's money involved and I'm competitive. I like to win, and this, especially in the keeper, because I've been in that keeper league for eight years now. And it's the same group of guys, and also in that deeper league, you don't really have that many choices because that's why you have to you know draft right. Not that I think the defense thing was because of the whole thing with Drew Locke, and I knew like dude, if Pittsburgh's defense dominate, they gonna you know they gonna win this going away. Let alone that I knew they gonna knock my quarterback out. Three to five weeks, yeah, but not drafting money, a whole conference of that, then you might as well not even play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, having money on that changes everything. No, I, yeah, I, I hear that. I, hear I agree that. with you. Um, okay, back to reality football. I told you in the top of the uh, first hour that I was going to tell you about uh, really my measuring stick game of the week. And the measuring stick game of the week for me in the NFL is going to go down in Buffalo, where you have the Buffalo Bills. Um, hosting the L.A. Rams. And, um, you know, and I alluded to this early on uh, during the uh, during the week in regards to the Rams. I had them finishing, I think, last or third. I want to say probably third in the division, maybe last. I can't remember. But I wasn't high on the Rams uh, coming into the season. Uh, but I've got to give credit where credit's due. They've surprised me. Um, you know, they're for the most part, they're relatively healthy. Uh, but I think you really got to give it to golf because golf was one of those quarterbacks that I felt that was really under the gun coming in this season prior to getting to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, you know, we we were very aware of how the Todd Gurley experiment went down um, with L.A., with the Rams. And, you know, golf didn't really look himself uh, last year. I think they had some offensive line issues. Uh, now with, like, Akers, this young guy, they got some running backs to go to. But this is a test to where you got two teams that are 2-0 and coming in. Uh, whether Buffalo has fans, I don't know if they're going to have a minimum amount of fans or no fans at all, uh, but that's always a tough uh, trip to make, especially for a West Coast team. Um, I don't know if L.A., the Rams, uh, I don't think they really stayed on uh, the West Coast side or the East Coast side. Maybe they did because they were with Philly. I don't know if they're one of the team. I know the Niners did. I know the Niners stayed on the East Coast after playing the Jets last week. But I think that's a big test for me. That's the that's a measuring stick for both teams because I think Josh Allen's off to a hell of a start too. I mean, he's got a couple 300-yard uh, passing games as well. He's making plays with his feet. Uh, but if you look at the Rams, I mean, the Rams to me – along with what Colin Murray is doing with the Arizona Cardinals, they really have made that NFC West really deep. I mean, on paper, when you look at it, you know, everybody that, you know, follows NFL, you thought it was going to be deep. But when you look at through the first few weeks of the play that you're getting from the Arizona Cardinals, which is really shocking about me, not too much of offense because they hired Cliff Kingsbury, which is an offensive guy, comes from the offensive background. But really the way their defense is played through two games has been a surprise to me. They took the best defensive player in the league uh, this past draft. Uh, but these two teams, speaking of the Rams and Buffalo, they get it on this week, and we're going to be able to tell a lot about those teams where they go because I think, you know, the Bills, they're in a situation where everybody, for the most part, I would say 95, I'm not going to say I'm the only one, but I would say about 90 to 95% of the people picked them to win the AFC East because of the departure of Tom Brady, because of, you know, New England having six, what, six defensive starters opt out, um, a total of like eight players total opt out. Um, I think a lot of people forget, uh, you know, foreseeing pretty much handed them 
the uh, AFC East crown, just like, you know, Rudy's handing the Lakers the title already since the playoffs started. But I think if you look at New England and you look at Cam and you look at the way they performed, um, you know, in week two, especially against Seattle, uh, having a chance to win that game, uh, coming down to the last play at the goal line, I think it's obvious even through week two, um, staying healthy if they don't lose any, because I think New England, with their depth, especially having those guys opt out, uh, their margin for error is slim. So they don't really have that much of margin of error to, uh, you know, withstand, you know, that many more injuries. But I think if they can fairly stay healthy, um, Buffalo, as good as Buffalo looks, they're going to have their work cut out for them to go ahead and win uh, the AFC East. So this would really tell me a litmus test on what they look like. Uh, going forward as well. Um, one of the games that I've got a uh, an eye on too as well as, um, and I think it's the Sunday night game if I'm not mistaken, but you have the Packers uh, travel to the Saints. And uh, this is a short week for the Saints. I mean, they played on Monday night. Um, and I think, you know, and they travel to Las Vegas. They'll be at home. The Packers have to go into New Orleans. But I think this is one of those situations to where a lot of talk with Drew Brees about his arm strength and, you know, Sean Payton, they're not really calling too many plays vertical. I haven't heard anything too much about Michael Thomas. I think he would probably still be out this week. I don't know if he's listed as doubtful or really a game-time decision. Um, and really, if you look at that New Orleans game uh, that we didn't even really touch on here on Monday when we broke down that game, was really the the situation and the disappointment of what Emmanuel Sanders has looked like through two weeks. Now, granted, uh, you know, when Fox News Dave calls earlier and says, hey, are you giving anybody pass because of the bubble? We've also talked about, you know, and I've talked about to uh, a nauseam about no OTAs, the injuries, no camp. Now, you can say that a little bit about, you know, maybe the connection through Emmanuel Sanders and Drew Brees. But right now, through two games, I mean, he he found pay dirt, I believe, against Tampa. But that Monday night game for Emmanuel Sanders, considering no Michael Thomas, and then Emmanuel's really your number one receiver out there, they just didn't look in sync whatsoever. Uh, whatsoever. And, and that's one of those situations where, where you got a hot Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder because you got guys like me. And, 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 I, and again, I've never said that I didn't think Aaron Rodgers had anything left or this. I just think Aaron Rodgers has become full of himself, uh, really, especially after after winning and getting that big contract. He's became full of himself, but he's answered the bell. I mean, and, and a part of the question that I had, and, you know, and I actually wanted to ask Rudy this. I mean, he's not here, but, you know, we're early and it's through we it's through two weeks. But is it a situation that we we kind of owe Lafleur a little bit of apology because Devontae Adams has been there and we know what you know he's been a stud and he's been Aaron Rodgers' you know main guy. But if you look at the contribution they've got from other receivers, you know did, did they really drop the ball by not getting Aaron enough help? Hell, Aaron Jones ran the ball. I think he had over two hundred yards, all-purpose yards last week. I mean, he's leading the league in rushing already through two you know, through two weeks. So I haven't heard anybody really talk about that, but it comes to a point that maybe, um, you know, we got to look at Lafleur, maybe give him a little apology. So that's a big one uh, Sunday between the, the Saints because I guarantee you if Green Bay goes in there, um, and, and, and that's kind of the small lean that I got, which we'll get that in the next segment, the last segment, but I, I really like probably Packers going in there and winning that game because I don't New Orleans and that was my Super Bowl pick uh, for the NFC, but I really don't feel 
that the Saints are really in sync whatsoever right now. And I don't and, and it's more than just Drew Brees' dead arm, if he has a dead arm. Um, a lot of it has to do with just basically the and, and I'm not gonna say the play calling, but everything's been timing about Drew Brees in this offense. And the where there's some credit to people that's really ready to jump off the Drew Brees bandwagon or just say that this is just he needs to go into a nursing home, that play right before halftime on Monday night says it all because that that interception right before half on Monday that's just a play Drew Brees usually doesn't get baited into and seeing that linebacker over there that he didn't see. So, but I think the Packers, uh, I really think the Packers are probably going to move to 3-0 and because I think the Saints, and trust me, the talks are going to heat up, man. The talks are going to heat up because if the Saints even go down 1-2, and two, that Tampa Bay performance in week one is going to look so far away like it was like five weeks ago if they go down 1-2 on the season and uh, lose to Green Bay this Sunday. 736-9760. You listen to the sports crowd and have a couple more points before we get out of here and call it a week. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, 736-9760, broadcasting here from the Rounders Card Club Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be presented by First Serve Tennis, San Antonio's premier tennis specialty store serving tennis players of all ages. Uh, since 1989, it carries all the name brand tennis rackets, footwear, apparel, and accessories. Also, they have professional same-day racket restringing. Go visit them. Their address is 1931 Northwest Military Highway in Castle Hills, or you can shop online at www.firstservesa.com. First Serve Tennis, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, so... Um, Real quick before we get out of here, I told you, uh, starting, you know, hopefully next week, I think it's next week, don't, I mean, the deal's probably about like 90%, 95% uh, pretty much done, uh, but in regards to, because I know I've gotten a couple emails about it and a couple of inboxes to people around this year about the foundation picks, we're going to be doing them pretty much similar the same way we have been doing them, but uh, partnership uh, is in the works on a different way that I'm going to be delivering them to you uh, from this point going forward. Um, a lot of it's going to be more heavy on the social media uh, side, but the show, uh, you know, and there's going to be some aspects of the show that we'll have uh, some guys be on, you know, on here. So, you know, you've heard me talk about it for years. That's the direction of uh, the sports world where it's going. You know, I've kind of had that same, you know, feeling back in, what was it, 2002, when I looked say, you know, Sports Talk Radio, I mean, it's going to become a big thing. So it's kind of one of those deals that I've uh, been putting efforts in this in the last few years to kind of get to this point. So that's kind of where uh, that content. So you need to try to – I've given out the Instagram before, which I'll be changing that handle, you know, Calvin Casey 187 Instagram. You can follow me on there. Um, not going to promise anything now, but pretty soon you're probably going to see me come in the Twitter world based on uh based on that but we'll be announcing a partnership here pretty soon uh hopefully but it's pretty much in the back so for you foundation people uh next week next friday and usually we have it around this segment of the time on the show but i think we're going to be bumping that up uh in regards to earlier parts of the show the way we'll do it 
Uh, but just the uh, just looking at the board this week, nothing official. But like I told you a while ago, that uh, that Green Bay is uh, catching three uh, with the New Orleans Saints. That's that's kind of tasty that way because I don't think New Orleans is really to where they're at uh, right now, um, where they where they might want to be toward the end of the season. Um, there's a couple on the other board. I mean, this is kind of a tricky board uh, this week per se as well. Uh, but just the other ones that that Jets, I mean, something like that, I wouldn't even touch it. It wouldn't even make the board. But that Jets uh, plus 11 and a half over the Colts, that's a lot because I think the Colts are being overvalued a little bit. I mean, they were overvalued week one uh, against Jacksonville. I think they were eight point uh, favored that way and they lost outright. Um, so there you have it. And they definitely. That Monday night. I mean, when we get in here Monday, that that monster game. I kind of agree with Rudy. I wish they would have waited. The NFL would have waited a little bit longer before they gave us Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in Baltimore. But that's a humdinger on Monday night. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be any basketball game scheduled Monday night. They might want to stay away from that one because uh, that's 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 the uh, possible preview of the AFC Championship game uh, as well. And another little lean, that like I told you tonight, that Denver Nuggets LA, last time I checked, if it stays at that six, I know first half is minus three and a half. I like Denver on that one, uh, too, even the first half. I think, you know, you got them in the confidence, and I think tonight's game, without a doubt, uh, is going to come in fourth quarter. I expect LA to get off to a better start, but I think Denver, you know, this is a young team that everything they do, winning breeds confidence for them. And when and I'm not just talking about gains, but I'm talking about uh, a quarter. You know, like, hey, we won this quarter. We won this half. And they kind of feed off of that because L.A. threw haymakers at them to try to uh, get back in that game. Uh, definitely Monday we'll recap because we'll look to see what the Texas Longhorns uh, look like in regards to uh, Texas Tech. You got the SEC uh, kicking off this weekend. Uh, so there will be more feel of the big boy college football coming back. Uh, we'll see if the Roadrunners can get to 3-0. and on the on the season, I don't know if they've ever started off three and zero since they've been around. I don't know uh, with UTSA, but they're off to a good start. So we'll be able to recap. And of course, your 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 Cowboys. What do you think, Sam? Does uh, as we take it out here, does Dallas get it done in Seattle? Man, uh, give me after last week. Give me give me Dallas thirty. Give me Dallas thirty five thirty one over. Ooh. Over Seattle. Okay. All right, man. All right, man. That's that's a wrap for the day. Special uh, uh, thanks to producer the show, myself. Special thanks to Sam spinning the one and two. San Antonio, Corpus, Laredo, Austin, Del Rio, people of Italia, people of the Shot City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, for the snooze button before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all Monday. a little Tuesday get-together. And she has gone all out. Yep, she's done the fancy charcuterie thing. <gasps> Look at those solid maple serving boards. So classy. And those gold room side plates? Gorgeous. Oh, you're absolutely right. And she got it all at Marshall's for way less. Even the cheese? <sighs> no, not the cheese, but that to die for sequin top. Marshall's? Yep, Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at, at Marshall's. Marshall's.